There will come a day after a long summer when the stars bleed and the cold breath of darkness falls heavy on the world. In this dread hour, a warrior shall draw from the fire a burning sword, and that sword shall be Lightbringer, the Red Sword of Heroes. And he who clasps it shall be Azura High come again, and darkness shall flee before him. Far in the north we see a caravan, hundreds marching away from Winterfell. The leader of the caravan, a dejected Sansa Stark. She prayed that she would never have to leave her home, but the more rifle air is coming. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Control Group. We have our finale of our Game of Thrones-inspired take on Powered by the Apocalypse, created by Andrew Medeiros, the Cinders of Winter. When we last were following our intrepid adventurers, Galvin went on his investigation to try to clear Lady Marla Corbray's name. He found himself being cornered by Scylla, one of Marla's handmaidens. He found himself in a memory of long ago in Essos, with Rogvir the Red. Silas Oakhart and the Oakhart clan were promoted to the greater houses amongst Westeros. Today is the trial of Lady Marla Corbray. We see many of the people of King's Landing gathering into a large courtyard. This courtyard is where the giant map of Westeros used to lay. On the north side of the courtyard, wide double doors have been opened to the public as the what used to be the throne room where the Iron Throne once sat now sits the courtroom for all of King's Landing. We watch as children, men and women all file into the stands to watch the proceedings. Amongst the hustle and bustle of everyone talking about this case, we find Galvin Stone lurking around in the shadows. When Galvin, you're approached by Sir Baratham Harwell. Hello. Didn't think we'd ever see you again. That was my plan as well. Wanted you to know, and Lady Corbray to know, that my son Dwyer will be making a full recovery. Yay. <laughs> my lady would be quite glad to hear of this. I know my lady values this alliance as much as you do. She, of course, needs as many friends as possible now. Of course, of course. I'll, I'll be in the stands uh, watching and I hope for a good verdict today. She values you in quite high regard, and we respect you, and thank you for your trust. He nods and walks away. You can follow him uh, through the courtyard. We see Dwyer up on one crutch as he kind of looks back in your general direction, but Galvin's so sneaky right now that he can't even make eye contact, but he just kind of nods and heads into the proceeding. Yeah, so we're going to break down some strings right now. You've got some strings against Rufelius. Galvin. Galvin also has a string against Rogvir, and I'm giving Galvin a string against Scylla and Robinair. And then Hadley, I'm gonna give you a string against each member of the Forrester family. Damn, okay. For Rhaegal, but then I'm giving Rogvir a string against Rhaegal for knowing about the uh, secret between Rhaegal and Olena. Right. And then Nick for 
Silas. He is taking one string against every other member of the Great Houses. So Robin Aaron, Gendry, Dox, Yara, and Edmure Tully. Rufelius has a string against Dox, but Dox also has a string against Rufelius. The actress who plays Yara is in Emma. Oh, as, yeah. like, Emma's friend, uh, the governess who gets married at the beginning. Great. Uh, see Emma for a lot of reasons. It's a great film. <laughs> Are so. we sponsored? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hashtag ad. <laughs> I think it's uh, available on Amazon Prime to buy. On the basement floor of King's Landing's castle, we watch as two guards come and escort Marla Corbray from her brig up all the way to the courtroom proceeding. Sad violins playing. Where she stands. Yeah. This is like definitely like this whole very first scene is where that one song from when Cersei burns oh, down yeah. the set Reprise. plays. That really sick one. Light of the Seven, I think. Yeah. If we had the rights, we'd use it. We do respond <laughs> Go for it. We see Marla Corbray sat in the middle of this large room, stands packed at a lectern in the center of the room, in front of her to her north. We see six wooden chairs. One by one, the members of the great houses come out. First, Gendry Baratheon comes and sits in the first chair, with much of a creak as it strains to hold his large frame. Then we see Yara Greyjoy come and sit in the chair, incorrectly. We then watch as Edmure Tully sits in the most center of seats. We then watch as Dox Martell enters and silently sits down in his chair. While glancing somewhere towards the back of the we can see Galvin has kind of hidden himself amongst a crowd of people. We then see Sir Silas Oakheart come and sit down in one of the chairs. Yeah, he's in his formal wear, which is somewhat <laughs> Roman. It's almost like a toga, <laughs> but it's a uh, it's green <laughs> and gold. Very uh, free. Yeah, we watch as the crowd kind of shifts as Silas sits down in his chair, like legs akimbo. We span across the crowd where we see House Forrester, uh, and right next to Will Forrester, the younger daughter. The night we see Rigal Sunswelter and Jaina Sunswelter, mm-hmm. as Will is like fawning over Rigal. How is Rigal reacting to Will fawning over him? He kind of just like does like a little wave and then like points at her and like mouths, "Do I know you?" <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> no, not actually. Um, <laughs> I can't, if this was any other campaign, yes, but yeah, he kind of just like nervously waves. That's, that's all there is to it. As you wave, you know, Will obviously waves back. And then only two people away from her is Olena Forrester, her mother, and your confidant, Regal, as she also waves at you. Oh, shoot, I gotta be subtle about this. I wave back, but not as nervously. <laughs> Regal, as you uh, kind of settle back into the stands... You feel a tap on your shoulder from behind you, from someone sitting behind it's you. It's here. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah, you turn around, and you see a face you don't know, but you do notice the, the smirk. <laughs> the grin. The far away Of Rogvir the Red. <laughs> he definitely looks at, uh, I think he's gonna grab Rogvir. What exactly does the room look like? Like, are we in, like, stands? Like, what's the deal? Yeah, essentially, the the west and east side of the room 
have had like a bunch of chairs as if you were watching the tournament earlier. Okay. They're like full ass bleacher, wooden bleachers that they've set up. I'm going to bring him up to the top. All right. You, you kind of move through a couple of lesser houses and we'll say you go off to the, the side, southern part of the room towards the back. Um, you kind of parse through a group of people who are just standing next to the bleachers because they couldn't get a seat because they're not as of high import as your houses are. Um, and you've kind of taken him to one of the corners of the, the throne room. Um, and I think I'm going to look at him and then say, What are you doing here? And he'll look at him and go, You know, the secret's safe for now. And I think he, uh, Rigal's going to get a little flustered. And I think he pins him up against the wall and says, You do anything to mess this up and you are dead. I'm like, put him back down and I go back and sit next to Jaina. Jaina, I think she knew everything you've just done because she knows her brother like she knows herself mm-hmm. and she's just gonna kind of lean over still like focusing on the courtroom itself but lean over to you and just mention one one week link brother it only takes one week link i just want to say it's mad fucked up it's mad fucked up that the sun swelters are just letting this happen to Marlon because they have they know that Part of this wasn't her fault, at least. Nick, where's Ruthelius at the moment? But I think that uh, we're all going to find Ruthelius at the docks. We do get a good look at Silas as he sits great houses chairs, as he looks over to the stands where all of his advisors should be, and he, uh, he obviously sees one seat missing. Dangerous. As the courtroom begins to settle and quiet down, Edmer Tully stands up as he'll be leading this inquisition. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us today. It has been quite some time since we've had to make use of this courtroom in King's Landing, but old tactics call for old measures. Lady Marla Corbray, you stand accused in the light of the Seven for crimes such as treason, poisoning, and cold-blooded murder. How wouldst you plead? Not guilty. There's a murmur over the courtroom where Edmer Tully lifts his hand. The courtroom slowly silences itself. Then we shall continue with this trial. I would like you to know that should we come to the end and us, the Greater Houses Council, come to the decision, we have found that the only befitting punishment for such heinous and old of crimes, is to have you hung. Do you understand this, Lady Corbray? Yes, this is quite clear. I do have one request at the start of the proceedings, however. Uh, once again, another murmur that Edmer Tully quiets with his Ooh. hands. I would request a stay of the arrest of one Galvin Stone. I would require aid from my attendant in order to fully contest my case. I'm sure that he has been quite unwilling to... Cooperate with the palace guards, um, though he will be willing to do so now, as long as he will not be placed in chains until the end of the proceedings. He watches Edmir Tully looks over to Robin Aaron. Robin Aaron, who, like, since the second he sat down, has been jostling his leg up and down, and, like, frequently just cleaning underneath his fingernails, nods slightly as Edmir Tully speaks back up. We agree to these terms, but... That is only if you should be able to produce 
Your man, Galvin Stone? Marla will nod. Make yourself known. And then Galvin, like, comes up from the crowd. There's, like, a nice little audible gasp as Galvin makes his way uh, to to the lectern that Marla's sitting at. It's like Batman. I've never said that before, but... Let the proceedings continue. Uh, We will give Lady Corbray and Sir Stone a moment to speak what they know as their truths before the court. Uh, Dennis, table talk. I think that Silas would have attended a court proceeding at some point. What what is, like, the the, the forum for this? It's not strictly American law and order. It's very old school. I think I'll give Marcus a chance to speak his case in the beginning, like an opening statement. Um, I assume the council has prepared a character witness against Marla, and then Marla will have a character witness to help her. But we can ask questions in the interim. Yeah, and you can just interject wherever from the council and same back for, for Marla. There's no real, like, being overruled. I like this. Getting tingles. So can we first have a, like, specific description of what each of the charges are? Edmir pulls us uh, a piece of parchment out from behind him. The first crime, treason. Lord Robin Aaron came upon his person a sign and sealed letter from Lady Corbray herself, declaring a secret attack upon the Vale with her own men. Crime the second. We have poisonings. As we have noticed around King's Landing, many have suffered from an ancient poison found within their bloodstream. Thank the maker that Samuel Tarly was able to find this out with his abilities as a meister. We have also added another charge upon the third of murder. The first two counts were of two of Lord Aaron's most trusted knight, Terence Stonebreaker and Maxwell Silt. And we have added the final count, as unfortunately this morning, Sir Samuel Tarley II has not made it. He had succumbed to the poisoning, unknowingly brought upon him by our Sir Silas Urquhart. Silas will bow his head solemnly. Those are the crimes you stand accused of. With respect to the court, begins uh, Galvin, Marla Corbray has acted only with esteem and respect for the great houses since her arrival at Kingsland. Throughout tournaments and festivities, she has either kept out of it and remained cordial or supported members of the great houses in their endeavors, including, of course, choosing Lord Aaron to be her own warrior within the tournament. In the case of treason, Monica Bray has would have no reason to create any sort of uprising to her own lord. In addition, the only tie to herself is a seal of her family crest on these parchments. As many people can attest, her own stamp of said seal is not, and has not for an unknown amount of time been present in her own quarters since she arrived at King's Landing. For the charge of poison, there is simply no connection between Marla Cobray and this unknown poison from a faraway land. She even came to Samuel Tarley's bedside immediately after he participated in his battle during the tourney. She supported him and tried to aid him in his poor health. At the last charge of murder of two guards under Robin Aaron, I perpetrated this crime. I confess now to the court. 
I can present that this crime, while it was committed by me, was only in self-defense of my own personage. We shall lay all of this evidence before the court. You watch as Edmure Tully attempts to make his hand move to silence the court once again, but it's not working, and he starts getting upset. Silence Silas will stand in silence the crowd. Yeah, you watch as both Silas and Gendry on the what they're on the opposite ends of each other at these chairs both stand up and you see Hilarious. these two huge men. These two statues of people stand up as the the crowd immediately falls to silence. As Gendry looks at you and nods and sits back down. Uh, while we wish to honor your plea, Lady Corbray, uh Edmure picks back up. With the confession that is laid upon the court, we cannot merely just allow this murder to reign free as a couple of King's Landing guards come up with shackles. And they they start by presenting them to Galvin to see if he'll put them on willingly. Stay your hands, my lord Edmure. I would that this Mr. Stone would elaborate further before we place him in chains. Admitted to the murder, sir. He also presented himself here willingly. It is not the act of a guilty man. And we and we all know this man to be a attendant to Lady Corbray. He's no more dangerous than I am. Bad example. The <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> would say that about us. Yeah. <laughs> My Lord Stone, tell us why you had to, were put in a situation that you needed to defend yourself thusly. I will move forward with my case. And he has, like, I guess a knowing glance to, like, Silas. <laughs> they have, like, a like a mini moment. But anyways, the brawl that occurred outside of the tournament in Coliseum of King's Landing, I'll have Galvin describe, like, his point of view of that day and how he had discovered that um, multiple men from... I'll just limit it to Robin Aaron's men, because apparently they didn't find anyone else. So um, I'll say that they were following me. I had been threatened, basically, feeling like my life was in jeopardy as multiple men are following me. I'll, uh, I guess I'll continue from there. Now, on how this connects to poison, Sir Okart, who may have had access to your sword to even place poison on it in the first place? I know that I have been completely unaware of your whereabouts, your sword's whereabouts, and I have certainly not shown my face anywhere near the Okart Chateau. He speaks truthfully. I've never met, met the man or seen the man until this moment, which is odd for a D&D campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I, to answer your question, uh, Mr. Stone, any number of people could have had access to my blade on the day, for it passed hands through my followers, through some of Doc Martell's men, to attendants at the tournament itself. I know where my sword was the night before, and, and as he says that, he remembers Rufelius taking his sword and, like, saying, like, a, a blessing over it, and he kind of falters. <clears throat> um... I know where my sword was the night before, and it, I can show you that it was quite close by. Understood, my lord. Therefore we see that these two counts of poison and murder lie surely on this, this supposed plot of treason. But what of the sun's welter poisoning? Did we learn nothing of that, Lord Edmure? Edmure stands back up. I have uh, spoken with Lady Jaina Sunswelter, and she has assured me that that poisoning was taken care of. Taken care of? 
<laughs> As everyone <laughs> turns their eyes to the stands uh, to see Lady Jaina and Regal sitting next to each other. Yes, sh- surely my my brother would be willing to speak upon this as she's going to pat Regal's lap for him to stand up and speak. Please come to the stand. <laughs> yeah. Please, Lord Sanswara. All right, so he's going to get up and he's definitely going to go down to the stand. I would beseech you to tell us the entire events of that night as well. Well, as I can recall, I had visited my sister's chambers for I had been given information that she may potentially have been in danger. And when I had gotten there, a guard from Bravos had attempted to take her life. And why is this the first we're hearing of this? <laughs> we watch as Jane is just wincing in the stands. She probably should have taken care of it herself. Too, too late now, man. Regal's <laughs> on it. And how was this supposed assassin dealt with during this event? Galvin knows. <laughs> I believe I had taken care of the assassin myself. <laughs> like, at that point, I think Galvin, like, visually, like, flinches. Like, what? He looks at him and says, I had not wished to speak of what happened due to previ- due to the actual reason for the information coming up. I didn't speak of it because my red wizard, the man who has been accompanying me for so long, was the one who had given me the information. I have been attempting to keep his abilities secret. Who was in attendance that night? Was it you yourself or simply... Galvin had come with me. But no, Rogvir was not there. I had left him out in the courtyard. Like a dog. I, I'm sorry, sir. So you were witness to this as well, Lord Stone? Yes, I I received information from Ragvia, who I have known for many years, that there was going to be an attempt made on Jaina's Sunswelter. I was there in time to prevent such an assassination, such a poisoning. And so, that is simply my only connection to this poison. The occurrence when I tried to ensure that it did not occur. Counsel, I know not what to make of this. Yara, nearly half asleep, kind of perks up. What? What happened to the poison? You were there, weren't you, Sir Stone? A poisoning attempt was made, then and then poison disappeared from the scene, I would assume, as this has been kept under wraps. You've already admitted to a murder. <laughs> Wouldn't be too far to think that you might have stolen poison to help your lady proceed in the tournaments and help her treasonous plan of killing our dear boy Robin Aaron over here. So Marla says immediately, Regal Sunswell to just confess that he's the one who took out the assassin during this occasion. What occurred from your point of view, Regal? No, Galvin did not take out the assassin. I took him out with my very own short bow. Yes, but what if the poison, uh, Robin Aaron speaks up. He was attempting to poison her. Did you deal with this body, Regal Sunswelter? No, Galvin did. Galvin, <gasps> Galvin yeah, retrieved the body before I had any chance to search of any reason as to why my own guard may have attacked my own sister. And this was the end of the matter? <laughs> this was my intention, to find the source of the matter. Because, as we've seen at this point, the Sunsworlders have made no case of this matter. An assassination attempt. I did search the body in order to find any clues on what could have occurred. I found none, except for these documents. <gasps> and I bring out... Letters from Bavosi. What What do these letters entail? Edmir speaks up. What do they, Dennis? <laughs> <laughs> they were letters from the brink of Bravosi getting Descartes to assassinate the Sunswalter family should they make a mockery of themselves to the Westerosi, which Rodvir did by screaming during the very first meeting of the peace talks where all the houses were all together and getting his skull nearly crushed by Silas. 
Uh, I assume these letters are passed around to the council. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lord Edmure, it occurs to me that, once again, these acts may not be linked. That the first act here, brought forth by this Descartes, was an outlier. And, and, some, and someone else capitalized on these events and used it as a means to endanger and frame the Corbray house. However, we are taking Mr. Stone here very much at his word. Lady Corbray still stands accused of treason, with no proof other than this admitted murderer's words. That she was not a part of a separate murder, that she was not brought up on charges for. There are still two dead Aaron Knights, and our poor dear Samuel Tarley II. Marla speaks. It's, it's, it's clear at this point that my only supposed connection to the poison is the case of treason. The case against me that I would attempt to rise up against Lord Aaron. This is the only connection that has been made through actual evidence between myself and the poison. I would also like to bring up another point. I would never presume to make any sort of accusation against one of the great houses. Lords and ladies whom I truly respect, though I do know Lord Robin Aaron does have an affront he feels I've made against him, and that's that I have quite publicly rejected his propositions of marriage several times. Lord Aaron, would you like to speak to this? Why, there's nothing to speak to. Lady Corbray did deny my hand, but I certainly wouldn't take a wife I was planning on betraying either. Quite a sinister line of thought. Hey there, this is Nick from Control Group. Thank you so much for listening to our incredibly professional and concise productions. While you're listening, we'd appreciate it if you took the time to give us a review, and I'd personally become your new best friend if you shared our podcast with your friends and family. You can follow all of our releases on social media at Control Group Pod. Oh shoot, I think it's back on. Let's get back to listening. I'll, uh, I'll have Marla speak up. <clears throat> As every one of these charges is tied back to my supposed crime of treason. And this treason has only one piece of evidence. Documents with my family seal. This is the center of this court today. Therefore, for my last witness, I would like to call Scylla Darren. Oh no! <gasps> my highest handmaid. So we watch as Scylla uh, takes the stand. She sits in the chair. You can shut her down. Okay, cool. I'll just do that. <laughs> <laughs> just shut her down. Roll plus will. Okay, so my ability that I have never used until now, like one of the ones I started with, <laughs> that I always forget, oh, shit, is, is if I invoke the authority of my lineage, I get a plus two whenever I roll to shut someone down. So, oh, um, shit. Divine authority. I'll just have Marla say, just like my classic line, I guess. Of, Everything that I've done has been for the veil. And my family, the Corbrays, has waited for this moment for us to arrive in King's Landing. Build alliances, grow greater, and more respected as a house. And yet you, you'll have none of it, will you? You set your sights in other places. Now I understand why, every single time I rejected Lord Aaron's proposal, you were at my ear telling me this was the wrong direction. Now it's clear where your allegiances lie. And I got a 12. Damn. What condition would you like to give to Scylla? Remorseful. I am sorry I envied you so, Lady Corbray. I have been with you for years, watch you grown as this this wonderful lady in the courts, and you've even made it so far as to make it to these these peace talks at King's Landing. I, I do envy you. I even admit that I have always been in love with Lord Aaron, and to watch you time and 
time again disregard his hand, even though he's the most prominent thing in the Vale. I, I couldn't stand it. <gasps> I couldn't watch it any longer. I understand. That's why I, I gave you treasonous note to Robin Aaron to protect the Vale. <laughs> well, that seems a pretty bold declaration. <laughs> All right, I'll uh, roll to manipulate. Plus grace. I got a four. <laughs> All right, mark some experience. Yes, experience in the court. Yeah, you can you can definitely tell as you're talking to Scylla Marla that she's obviously been groomed by Robin. What, do you have nothing to say to this? Now that all of your plans laid bare? Knowing how you speak so highly of the Vale, but only wish to destroy it and its greatest benefactor, Sir Robin Aaron. How dare you? I would think that you would understand my feelings. At this point, Scylla, as I thought I was boring you with how much I spoke of the Vale. How much I spoke of Lord Aaron. How much I spoke and cared for my own family. I'll just do, I'll just do like a closing statement. As it's been made clear, I came to King's Landing to gain allies and raise the status of my house. I've unfortunately lost my closest allies in Robin Aaron and Scylla. While I can live with this, I cannot live with the land viewing my family as treasonous. I had no part in the murders. I had no part in any poisoning. I had no part in any fabricated plot. And I can tell you that while Galvin may have been a bit too overzealous in confessing to other crimes, I would confess to anything that would affect the Vale. Lord Aaron is Lord of the Vale. While I've rejected his proposals, and even spoken ill of him in private, I can confess to that as well. I would never lay any hand on those that lead the Vale, as that is all that drove me here in the first place. When I grew up, I knew that my family had been waiting centuries for my arrival. They have been waiting centuries for me to bring the veil into a great house, into a great power. And even if I die today, my mission will not be over, and it will not end. Uh, Silas starts, like, tearing up, <laughs> visibly. Is this, like, exactly his, his thought process as well? But he wipes away, probably. <laughs> so, right now, I think you're gonna roll to see as the verdict comes in, as quickly the, the council convenes uh, a couple of murmurs amongst themselves uh, just discussing that they're gonna share their verdict uh, right now. Nick, as your NPC, uh, you can just choose what Silas does. Marcus doesn't have to roll for you. I think that Silas would be at votes uh, not guilty. So you got one for you. You got one for you. Alright. Then I'd like you to roll plus Grace, kind of acting as a manipulating NPC role. Uh, first for Docs Martell. I got a seven. I like that our roll-offs are for, like, the trial and for the, uh, the houses. <laughs> like, the, the tournament. Like. See how this goes. Okay, next I'd like you to roll, uh, for Yara Greyjoy. Hell yeah. I got a nine. And then for Edmure Tully. <gasps> I got a nine again. God damn it. <laughs> Is that a good thing? Don't you want a high roll? Uh, these are partial successes. I, I don't know if oh, they're good or not, uh, honestly. Oh, no. I'd like you to roll, uh, for Robin Aaron minus two. Oh, no, man. I'm so nervous. Do I still add my grace plus one? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, I hate her, but she's grace. <laughs> I got a one. No! Oh my god. Uh, so obviously, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, obviously Robin Aaron votes guilty. Oh, and Gendry. Roll for Gendry. Five. <laughs> As Gendry also votes guilty. Docs, Yara, and Edmir. I think definitely Docs knows that the poisonings aren't 
Marla's fault, thus his not guilty. So you've got three not guilties. Two guilties. I feel like Marcus is actually on trial. Yeah, then Edmir and Yara, as the poisonings as the poisonings cannot be tied to Marla Corbray, the letter of admission of treason stands for nothing, as Galvin attested to the murder of the two Aaron knights. So as far as Marla Corbray is concerned, she is not guilty. Woo! That's, that's, that's logical. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <Heck> yeah. <sighs> but what about Galvin? <laughs> as Galvin has attested to the murders, and we still don't know where the poison that Dekar had, Galvin is immediately attested to as guilty. Rogvir. Yes. Vision time. Alright, cool. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You see a vision you've seen before. The one of Rogvir's life being choked away from him. Oh no. At the mention of a trial by combat. Oh, so my death's coming up. Alright. I think Rogvir's gonna start screaming. And he's gonna <laughs> run down the stands and jump right into the courtroom. As King's Landing guards and many of just the well-equipped people around stand at attention to this raving madman who's stepped into the middle of the courtyard. He says, the strings, the strings, they're too thin. I'm going to, I'm going to scream. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. I look at him all and I say, he's not guilty. I've done it. I've done it all. I killed the guards. What's this? <laughs> Who no. is this man? No. And Roger's gonna spin a tale of how he did it in detail. He's gonna he's gonna be like he's gonna tell him how he used the garrot against all of them and how he was happy to do it. Is it still crazy or is it more lucid? I think he knows what he's doing now. I think he I think he's just trying to save Galvin at this point. Yeah. Do you wanna to admit to the poisonings as well? Oh my god, yes he does. <laughs> no! Rockman! <laughs> Rockman admits to all of it. He's like, I did it. I did it all. And I was happy to do it. <laughs> and then I think Jaina and... I don't know if I'm speaking for Regal, but they'll probably let it happen, too. No, yeah. Regal's <laughs> definitely letting this happen. Wow. That's <laughs> fucked up, Regal. Oh my god. <laughs> That's all of the terrible Bravosi things. Even though Regal mentioned most of them in court today and aired those out been laid bare. No one stops this. I think the court reconvenes uh, after a bit, uh, after a bit of a recess. Council reconvenes. Rodvir, after admitting his guilt, how does Galvin feel about this? Uh, this is terrible. This is even worse than. Yeah, I mean, he would try to confess, but. Maybe, like, he tr- he does try to confess. He's, he wouldn't want Rogbeard. T- but then Rogbeard knows more, much more about, like, he just had a vision. He knows much more about the poison and everything. Like, and so his story is more concrete, probably. You know? I want to I wanna shut down Galvin. I want to roll to shut him down. That's plus. Well. I got a 14. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> the most shut down anyone's ever been. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> Rodvir and his rage kind of attack gets the attention of the King's Landing guards as they they shackle him up and just for some reason, even in his crazed state, everyone believes this. This is like the perfect button on this whole trial is pinning it on Rodvir. It really is. And it really is. And wow. Rodvir takes it all in stride as, you know, quickly the rest of the great houses look 
around to each other, including Silas, and they agree that this is probably what happened. So the the court clears out after giving Rodvir the guilty sentence uh, that could have been pushed on to Galvin. The next day, we're in a courtyard in the middle of King's Landing, as the same amount of audience have gathered. We stand near what seems to be a stage that has been erected, and on top of the stage holds a noose and a little trapdoor underneath of it. Oh no. <laughs> I, I believe Edmund Tully would probably give a couple words. Like, definitely the music has kicked back in for this episode, um, so you don't hear anything really other than, like, important lines. Uh, Edmund Tully gives a couple of words on Rogvier's behalf as... Do you think uh, Rigal and Jaina would have shown up for this hanging, Hadley? I think they'd have to. How, how is Rigal feeling about it? Uh, Rigal's feeling guilty as hell because he's a guilty little snake. <laughs> Hadley doesn't like his own I know, I don't, <laughs> but I, I like playing the guilty little snake. Hadley, what's Rockbeer's death move? Oh shit, that's right. Oh, that's so exciting. Alright, let me check. Oh, that's right, I get to put a blessing or a curse on somebody. As the uh, he pulls the little lever for the trap door to uh, close, I think Rogal looks up at Rogvir and he sees his own face. <laughs> Spicy. We, from what we see of the hanging, we're only watching the ropes. As there was some kind of weird snag in the ropes, we can see you know the band of the rope wrapped around another band, just like Rogvir's premonition. Oh no! We cut to the docks along the easternmost part of King's Landing. As we see a few Dornish men loading up a ship, uh, we come to see Silas Oakhart come down the dock and look at the ship as Rufelius steps up off it. Rufelius is, uh, is surprised to see Silas. Not an easy feat to surprise Rufelius. Silas, what brings you to the docks? I wanted to see you off, friend. I asked around and they said you were leaving. Yes, I have um, things to attend to back home. I apologize for not seeing seeing you on that stage. I, I hope you felt that it was worth it. I do, old friend. And uh, Silas will offer his hand. Ophelius will take it. And he shakes his hand. He says, Thus, our relationship is over, isn't it? Ophelius will sort of smirk and say, Until I see you again. Silas will squeeze Ophelius' hand really hard. And Ophelius winces. Silas says, it is over. And then, uh, walk away. Uh, Silas, Silas walks back into the chateau after, uh, deucing with, uh, Silas Rebellion. <laughs> Where are you fine? But <laughs> yeah, so Marla's waiting there, and she s- still has a couple of handmaids, but shoes them away, as, uh, feels a little bit weird to be surrounded by them now. <laughs> um, as, uh, Silas walks up, Lord Oakhart, I am quite indebted to you after today. Don't know why you should feel especially indebted to me, my lady. Your your innocence was clear. And Silas will try to just walk past her and go to into chateau. He doesn't really want to talk right now. But my lord. Yes. You you have shown my family great honor and respect. It was through your aid that I was able to make it through this ordeal today. I shall tell you honestly, while I came to King's Landing to gain allies and gain respect, I made several plots and so deceit. That may have ended with an attempt on your own life. So I sort of take this in and then say, 
and then look out look out to uh, King's Landing uh, through like the opening and the uh, the walkway. You know, even I was a boy, much smaller than I am now, uh, scrawny in fact, and growing up in the reach, the dark parts of the forest, was not easy. So I know what it's like to play victim to the world, and I know what it's like to clamor for anyone. Any friendly hand that reaches out to you. But I would tell you this, Lady Cobray. The only hands you can trust are your own. Do not think your own work as lesser. You have all the power you need. And I'll uh, uh, sort of nod meaningfully. One of these days, I hope you kick that rotten bastard Lord Aaron right in his dick. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. um, Marla's gonna, you know, laugh. Which is the first time. They've, she's shown that she has the ability to do that this whole show, I think. And she says, um, You are quite correct about me. I, I viewed the great houses with so much respect as I was young that I made it my only objective for my life to build up my family into becoming one once. And um, well, it's clear I've become just like some of them manipulative and conniving. And well, you, the one who boasted, the one who was so powerful in battle. It was obvious why I would choose you, the center of all this conflict, to try and make the houses take sides against you, to try and sow deceit between them. As this ordeal has shown, I face the consequences of my actions. I shall redouble my efforts now in growing the power of the Corbray name, and I should respect nothing less from the Ocarts as well. I hope I never meet you on the battlefield, my lady. <laughs> and I'll uh, bow and, and uh, walk into my chateau, where I shoo away a flower who runs up. And he's trying to touch me. I'll get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I'll curtsy. And then um, when he leaves, I, I'm like sort of introspective for a moment. And then in the distance, I see Galvin kneeling at a, I want to say shrine or grave. And I walk up to him and he doesn't look up, doesn't move. He just stays knelt there, passing of his, his friend, his love. And I put a hand on his shoulder. Oh, that was cute. Cut to a quick series of scenes that happen shortly after the trial. Uh, we watch two marriages happening. One of Lord Robin Aaron to Scylla. Oh! <laughs> Could have waited. <laughs> the other of Rhaegal, Sun Swelter, to Wilfred Forrester. <laughs> As we watch, you know, it's kind of oh, no. between Elena, Roderick, and just Rhaegal himself. We finally then cut to a castle that seems very familiar to us in the world of Westeros. We see the shadows of a swift elite team of warriors slashing, carving through gods. One by one, these very few men take the lives of what seemingly hundreds of northern men. Eventually, they establish a perimeter around a door leading to a great hall of this castle. We see three people walk through these double doors as the men have given the okay for them to enter. These three people enter as we see what's left of these men of Winterfell, as one of the 
Glover man on the opposite of the room speaks up to these three people. You're too fucking late. The Queen of the North is already out of here. This is all for nothing. As we pan back over to the three people, we see one of the first, a very scarred, burly ginger man, step forward. And behind him, a man with white curly hair steps up. And then finally behind him, a woman dressed in red garb. We watch as she undoes her hood of this red garb, revealing these very light, almost cataretic, purple eyes, and her blonde to the point of silver hair as the man that we can finally tell in the center now as Jon Snow speaks up for what is mine, the prince that was promised, as he plunges his hand into the chest of this woman dressed in red Whoa. as the blood curdled gushes out of her. What you think you'd be pulling out is a heart. We begin to see is the hilt of a sword. Oh god! <laughs> as the sword leaves this woman's chest, we can see it begin taking flame. Jon Snow stands before these few Glover men with the sword Lightbringer in his hand. Azura High is here. <laughs> and that's where we'll end our session for today. What the fuck, Jon Snow? What the fuck? And kill him. That sounds awesome. What a fucking cliffhanger.